morning or i think for me it's still thursday night (laughs) (laughs) so um go doobie brothers yesterday was a a great day which led to a great night i got to see the 50th anniversary of the uh the doobie brothers they reunited with michael mcdonald and um let me tell you something um that's awesome it was they sounded amazing I mean, so, you know, you guys that are 70 plus years old who played for two and a half hours without a break, um, crystal clear, you forget how many songs Michael McDonald did with them to, to make them great. And uh, outdoor venue, um, hot as shit during the day when the sun came down, it was actually cool and breezy. Um, uh, Virginia's here today. Um, oh, her parents were there. Oh, no, no, that's Greg. Uh, Virginia. Yeah, Greg, Greg's parents were there. Right. Um, Virginia or Ginny, whatever, um, they're from your part of town. They're from Oakland. That's a band right. from Oakland. And so you see Pat Simmons with his long gray hair, 70-something years old, just having fun. That's they enjoy. That was the one thing that Jake texted me last night. Is He's like, to see these guys 50 years later, having so much fun doing what they're doing it's just not there's no replacing that you know and uh you know the the history of the band you know went through different evolutions you know michael mcdonald came in like sort of the middle changed their music got a little jazzy got a little bit more uh yeah. you know contemporary if you will and but when they rock um shay uh, show me jesus is just all right So you're in a crowd where, you know, Jake was one of the youngest, obviously, he always was. Um, everybody knows every word to every song. Right. So people are just dancing and singing and doing their thing and just could not have been more fun. Shout out to them. Thank you for all of the years, all of the great memories. It reminded us. I took Jake to uh, a Doobie Brothers concert in Boca at Meisner Park. He was six years old. I was doing business with the venue. We sat front row. The Doobie Brothers could not believe that he knew the words to the songs. Right. Pulled him off stage, gave him, and you know, it was a day where there was no cameras, there was no pictures. So (laughs) that memory has to live up here. But uh, to see Jake enjoying it at 24 still was great. So um, lots of fun. Shout out to them. Um, Their song, Listen to the Music, is one of the rules in my book, in case you did not know that I wrote a book. <laughs> did you know that I wrote a book? I did um, know that you wrote a book. I'm pretty sure everybody in the huddle knows that you wrote a book. If you don't Before know that- Before we get to morning motivational music, we've got some shout outs from yesterday because not only 
was your day historic because you saw the 50th anniversary of the Doobie Brothers. I think for the first time in history, a LinkedIn like a pro session was taught and not a blank invite was sent after. A hundred percent. So shout out to the First Point Advisors group. It was an absolutely phenomenal day for a presentation. They were engaged. They were asking questions. They were diving deeper into how, 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 why, why, why. It was really great. But then historically, every time we teach a LinkedIn like a pro, somebody in the class doesn't pay attention and sends a, a blank invite. Not yesterday. Everybody 100% with notes. So well done to you guys. Great stuff. Is that the quality of the coaching? Is that what you're trying to say? May, 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 I'm going to pass it to them. I'm going to give the credit to them that they were just really engaged. There wasn't anybody who wasn't like just eating it up every second. And uh, they were all super excited to get started after. And they did it the right way, which is very cool. So um, good job. Uh, Nick. That's right, Nick. Your crew did well. Great job. Now, here's another historic thing that I thought you might say is that both of us were out and in person doing our thing yesterday. I was with the, uh, the folks at uh, Rogue, uh, the Rogue Lawyers, Rogue, Rogue Attorneys. They were amazing to work with. We had two people in person, a couple of people uh, virtual as their group is is national. And it's so much fun watching people flip, you know, because they're attorneys. They are legitimately like skeptical. And we're into this a little bit now. And they're like, going, okay, you know, so. What's, so part of that too is, you know, we talked yesterday about sales leadership. And what was really cool about First Points Group is that there were a couple people that were fresh out of school, one or two years removed. And when you ask them what makes people good at sales or what is sales, their perception of what it is couldn't be further off than what it actually is. Right. And so when you start to talk to them about it and really get them working through critically what really makes people buy and how they do it, their minds were blown, which then opened them up to really receive how LinkedIn works. So it was really cool. But again, it goes back to leadership, goes back to school. What are we teaching? What are we teaching in business school? What are we teaching in the sales classes that people think it's still all about closing and, you know, convincing people to buy? It's bullshit. Right. Yeah. Talk to me about your pers persuasion skills. Right. 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 <laughs> right. right. <laughs> How can I? Oh, here's a hack. Here's a trick. Here's a way to trick. And that goes back to like that's in school. Kids are coming out of school with that perception of business development. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Let's get to wake up music. And then we are digging deep into the habits of what great salespeople. And I think I'm going to remove that word and call yeah, it is dev. I like it.
So a big shout out to everybody who's posting good morning in here. We appreciate it. Uh, we know there's lots of people watching who are not saying good morning. So those who take the effort to do that, thank you. Um, we're going to continue the dialogue about yesterday. And Mark, we could do this dialogue forever. This is what every huddle could be because it's never ending. The words, the theory, the mindset of, you know, of great you know, people in business, not great salespeople so much. But there's one particular Doobie Brothers song that actually speaks to what I think one of the skill sets that you need to be able to do. Um, you know, when I think of campaigns and, you know, people who are politicians do this really, really well. But Shay, give me the Doobie Brothers. Such a great song. Oh, oh it's yeah. so good. They played it with Michael McDonald. Right. Unreal. <laughs> that same dude, Beard, is all white now, man, you know, but the voice is undeniable. Um, the stuff he's done was amazing. So I have a question for you. How much older did he look before we go on to the conversation about sales? How much older did he look than the last time we saw him at Gulfstream Park? Because I remember so I seeing him everybody last then. Right. He was, so I was white beard, white hair. One of the things that our company handled was the concert series at Gulfstream. I was responsible for raising all the sponsor dollars. And what they did was they had like B and C bands coming through there all the time, which, by the way, they got paid diddly back then. Now they're making real money again in their 70s. It's insane. Right. Um, but he turned white early in his life. And I thought it was just kind of cool. It was a right. cool kind of look, you know, that, that just made him stick out. But certainly his voice is so amazing. He played backup for, you know, Sting. He played backup for, you know, uh, Steely Dan. He's done so much in his life. Just, you know, he did stuff with Diana Ross. I mean, everybody, his Motown album was yeah. amazing. But I remember you and I sitting in the dressing room with him. Right, <laughs> and you talk about his look like that to me is I was young I don't even remember how old I was then but it stood out to me like seeing him he was like this you know white bear you know he had the big beard big big thick full beard and a, and a thick head of hair and it was just cool you know so uh not to be denied Mr. Craw was there he was about 20 rows back of us so uh 
good comment there because he does have a full on right head full head of hair, and I remember it all from being a kid. I mean, Pat Simmons has got you know long, long gray hair. So anyway, enough about the doobies. Sure. I could go on all day. But those words, those words are appropriate in that song. Like, and I don't even know where you're gonna go with it. But to me, you don't know me, but I'm your brother. Yeah. Like to open a dialogue that way or to approach every relationship or connection that way. You don't know me, but I'm your brother, you know, like, wow. How, how, so, okay. Draw, draw the connection for me on how that's going to be, you know? Well, well, so for me, it, it's a couple of different meanings. Taking it to the streets is you could sit on your ass all day long and wait, <laughs> but that ain't, that is not how you grow business. Take it to the streets, meet a lot of people. That's your inventory. The inventory is the people and the quality of people you have around you. So it's funny. So I was dealing with Rogue yesterday, those attorneys, and they were like, it just seems like like we they were searching for somebody, and that person had posted a lot about dogs. And I said, You like dogs? Yeah, I love dogs. I go, well, then that's your connection. Oh, that seems disingenuous. I go, no, calling and trying to sell them something is disingenuous. Right. Right. And I just say, hey, man, you're putting shit out there about dogs. I love dogs. Let's just talk about dogs. So so I think the other part of that is when you're feeling like it's disingenuous, when you're doing the research, because I had this conversation with, with Drew as well. When you're doing the research and you're like, yeah, I'm doing this, but I know that I'm doing this because I ultimately want to be able to sell them a boat. Well, you got to remove yourself from that result first. You got to change your thought to realizing that not everybody who likes dogs is going to end up doing business with you, but you have the opportunity to build a friendship first. So just because they like dogs doesn't mean you're actually going to align. I went down that road with them and they were like, I'm not really going to be friends with them. I go, why not? What happens if you do for best friends? (laughs) Why is that horrible? Could you do that five times a day? Then the numbers start to stack. So, you know, these articles that I pull and reports, everybody knows I'm a maniac for all of this stuff. Read this. Good reps earn their prospects, admiration, loyalty, and referrals. Yep. So I hate the word prospect. I just, I just don't get it. I'm like, why would you call somebody a prospect instantly? But they skillfully handle objections and preemptively surface, um, preempt surface concerns to make them go away. So if you're a problem solver, you, you can do that whether you get paid or not. And sometimes sure. it's nice to just throw it out there. Um the, um, da, 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 da. So it says how to be a good salesperson. There's 26, and they start with identifier and identify and stick to your buyer personas. Would that be the first on your list? Well, so it would. <laughs> number one, I wouldn't use the word buyer persona. I could I could change this language immediately, and it would make sense. Instead of sticking to your buyer personas, stick to the things. Stick to the people that you have commonalities with. Right. That could be your personal buyer persona, not the ideal client per se, but talk to people that you can be friends with. Talk to people that you have commonalities with. I had this conversation yesterday in the training. If I'm doing research on someone, I don't care if they're the president of the largest company in the world. If I don't have a relevant reason to have a dialogue with them, I'm out. 
I'm out. I got nothing. There's no point in me trying to go get that conversation because there's no way for me to enter into it with real relevant content. So, you know, this list goes all over the map. Number two is a good one. I wouldn't put it number two, but it says use a measurable, repeatable sales process. Again, strike the word sales and just a repeatable process on how to put yourself in front of people. That creates opportunity, not sales. Creating opportunity, right, leads to people converting, not the other way around. <laughs> You see Todd's comment. <laughs> uh, so yes, I may have broke that person's persona for that solar panel rep. But I so what and I think when they sales when they say sales process, most organizations go, yeah, we know exactly how we're gonna take somebody from the first call to the end and the agreement. Nobody ever talks about what the process is for developing the opportunity. How do you get to the first call? And that, to me, was where I came to you and was like, look, they train me all about ESPN. They train me all about what we have and what we do. They didn't give me any kind of good ideas on how to create new opportunities. All they're telling me to do is cold call. And that doesn't seem like the most efficient way to do it. Fascinating here. Number 24 on this list is build personal relationships. Number 24. Way at the bottom. (laughs) Like... Wouldn't that be like the first thing? If you're really good at building relationships, the right people will raise their hand if you know your shit. See, that's the difference is everybody else is looking for a a quick, you know, I'm going to move them through the pipeline. I'm going to trick them into buying. I'm going to, we don't even ask. I mean, everybody looks at our, you know, decision tree and it's, you know, the bottom piece is so insignificant. But one of the things it has in here that nobody seems to focus on, but I find hilarious is follow-up. Now, right. when, when I think of follow-up, I think of the movie Swingers. Right. You know, when... How many he, days? He the girl's How many number, days? Right. And he asks all of his friends, like, hey, what's... Three days. A week. It's your, a month. You know, right? Like, <laughs> goes, Are you out of your mind? You want me to wait a month? Right? <laughs> Let her wait. You know, so... But, but here's the thing. There is an art form to it and I tell people if that's part of your process, which our process is very simple, it's four steps, you know, cannot, it's very repeatable. The last thing is fo- have a cadence of when you want to follow up. And most people in business don't do that. Oh, you're in my inbox and I forgot. Forgot what, what, what else are you thinking about than right. the people that you just recently contacted? And yep. believe me, the first time you follow up, that's why I was glad to get to this, is that most people don't, so that's your point of differentiation. You immediately have a, nice right. have a nice dialogue. You follow up. We're following up in video. Hey, yep. thank you. I enjoyed that. They go, holy cow, man! Nobody follows up for anything. Everybody does their own shit, you know. And then, uh, what a, a week later, you think it's relevant to follow up? People go on about their business. I think it should be done in the first twelve hours. First 12, I think first 24, I think you got a full day. Cause sometimes for me, it's, it's hard to get it in 12, especially like if I meet you at one o'clock in the afternoon and you know, you got kids, you got stuff you got to do. I might not get to it till nine o'clock at night. And if I don't get to it at nine o'clock at night, I'm coming back in the morning. So I think you got 24 hours to get back. 12 is always going to win. So what was mind blowing to me is that I received the advice that you shouldn't follow up too quickly because it makes you look too eager. 
And I was like, what? I was like, I was like, wait a minute, you said what? Like to me, the quicker the follow-up, the better. The more, the more, the more people appreciate that, the more people know that you value that time. And the other thing is, why are you following up? To me, all I'm following up is to say thank you. Regardless right. of where the conversation went, every conversation deserves a follow-up thank you to say thanks for the time, thanks for sharing this information with me. And then you can move on to whatever else it is. But there's always a reason to follow up because at a minimum, somebody should be getting a thank you and appreciation for what had happened. Which, you know, in my years of growing through different businesses and meeting different sales trainers and stuff like that, um, I met a guy named Jack Daly. Um, uh, Howie knows him really well. uh, Jack built his own big business in the mortgage space. What he did was carry, used to carry around cards and um, write in his car. He would leave a meeting in his car, write a handwritten note with a stamp on it, boom, right. put it right then and there. So for me, my training is I do it immediately. I'm like, bang, bang, within the next hour or two, right. I have my 15-minute break. I blow it out so it doesn't have to go beyond 12 hours. But, you know, um, Sherry uh, Cedar, who who – I'm having so much fun working with, and she, her company is just great. She, you know when somebody's on script, you know, you, you, yep. it's robotic. This is what I was told to say. This is so. Wouldn't one of the greatest skills or habits of a great business development person is to be a conversationalist? A thousand percent. But so, and I think in order to be really good at having conversations, something that's not on li- this list is be a learner. You should be you should constantly be learning, right? Every day you should learn something new. You should read something. You should listen to something. And whether it's something that pertains to an interest of yours or whether it's something that pertains to your industry, you should constantly be evolving your knowledge because that's what gives you the content to have great conversations. You walk into a conversation and say, you know what I learned this morning on this podcast? And you can share something with somebody that maybe they didn't know. And, oh, wow, how valuable is that? So I think, you know, to sum it up here, people get trained on speaking about their business. They don't get trained on speaking. Just be human. Be in the moment. And so that's where the roles have reversed. Most people show up at a party and go, hi, I'm the VP of sales. And whoa, whoa, whoa. I I don't want to know what you do. I want to know who you are. So, you know, you start those conversations, which is what you hear people talking about over coffee. People don't talk about proposals and bullshit at coffee. They don't bring brochures. They talk about real shit like sports, like concerts, like whatever people's interests are, like dogs. I mean, whatever it is, you know, like that to me is the entire point of the development piece. And when you look at this list of things, most of these most of these things they're talking about, like roll with rejection, that's so far down the line that if you haven't done all of the things up front to get there, you can't roll with rejection. Well, so I think we set ourselves up for rejection. What's the point? If you were looking for that outcome, right, only – which is how we were trained, go get the business, go get it, hit the quota, do this. If you're only looking for that, that's where rejection is. 
But if you get the best out of people, I wrote about it and said there was one person who did not buy from me. One of the greatest stories in my sales career, he could not buy from me because the company was publicly traded. There were all kinds of rules where they couldn't market, but he has turned me on to so much business that what he, his value to me was much greater than the one transaction or one marketing thing. Which that's the whole point, isn't it? Like, is if everybody that you talk to, if you earn the right to then talk about business at some point, if you lay the foundation for a relationship first, right? Because not everybody's going to actually partake in that relationship. But if you lay the foundation for it first, then you don't lose the opportunity on the back end. Like I see people all day long in the comments of the huddle say, play the long game play the long game. Well, in order to play the long game, you got to do the stuff right up front. And so if you're not preparing yourself to be a good developer, which I know one of the things on here was active listening, that's part of being a great conversationalist is really listening to the other person and not trying to shove your agenda down their throat, but really listening and asking questions based on that. What did you say? Sorry. (laughs) I'm too busy thinking about what I'm going to respond with, you know? Great way to end the week. Final, final way to end the week. Great show. Great content. Arlene (laughs) from from the American Cancer Society is up early. (laughs) She is here. It doesn't get any better than that. That's change in behavior, inching your way to greatness every single day. How, what percentage do we get better? 1%. Get 1%. after it. The grind includes Saturday and Sunday. We'll be back Monday to close the month in a flurry. But for now, let's get down to business. I'm up, please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. Friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business Give you one more night